Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Safeguarding Voice. This podcast is produced by Education Child Protection and on each episode we explore a different area of safeguarding. Our aim is to empower professionals who work with children and vulnerable adults with information, advice and guidance. This episode we are joined by our very own safeguarding consultant Becky Greenacre, sharing her first-hand experience of an Ofsted inspection process and some top tip recommendations for professionals. Hello everyone and welcome to this most recent episode of Safeguarding Voice. On today's episode, we are joined by our very own senior safeguarding consultant, Becky Greenacre. Thanks for joining us, Becky. Thanks for having me, And Becky's here to talk to our listeners today with regards to her own practical hands-on experience of being a DSL and having a offset inspection. So, Becky, I don't know, before we begin looking at the framework and top tips and just to share with our listeners how that went for you, if you want to give a little bit of a an overview to the type of education setting you were in. Okay, I um, recently came out of working in a multi-academy trust that had several sites, but my main roles were across two of the school sites. We had nurseries, we had behaviour provisions on site, mm-hmm. um, so over sort of 1,200 children we were looking after, and I headed up their safeguarding teams and family support teams across two sites and was the DSL for both, so running a team of 10, 11 um, other members. So when Ofsted came, it was all hands on deck because they came back to back in each school. Oh gosh, all at once. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's have a little talk through perhaps around, you know, obviously their call happened, you were notified, they're on their way in. What were kind of your first kind of go-to steps and actions in, I suppose, gearing up for their arrival? Okay, so obviously the head teacher took the phone call and then quite quickly she got all of our SLT team together, all the key members of staff together and we sat down and sort of debriefed each other and mm. knew sort of where we needed to be going. I went back to my team that was on site and sort of said, right, okay, we've had the Ofsted call, we need to make sure we've got everything we need. So for me, I'd always had an Ofsted folder as such where I kept everything here. Ofsted ready kind of folder. Yeah. yeah. So I had all my CPOMS reports because we use CPOMS. So my termly reports, my weekly reports that I use for our safeguarding meetings, I kept in there anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was able to sort of pull those out and really analyse what I wanted to showcase, I suppose, to Ofsted. Mm-hmm. So looked at their um, key findings. So, of course, child on child was is prevalent still. Yeah. So I was able to run reports from the system very, very quickly. Um, pulling off our attendance figures, making sure literally everything was in that folder. That was sort of my Ofsted Bible. Mm. Um, asking my team to get some information ready to disseminate to the wider workforce because we were going to have a briefing at the end of the day where we let everybody know. But for me, I knew that panic was set in for lots yeah. of people, as it did yeah. for me. So I wanted staff to be able to have something to hand. So the updates on keeping children safe, part one, a little break breakdown sheet that I'd already done throughout the year and just key pointers just to jog their memory of stuff that they knew and they were doing every day. But of course, when you're faced with it, your mind goes blank. So yeah. had products to give them to enhance that for them. And actually, you've kind of hit on a real key thing we often hear from, you know, schools and providers that as soon as they're notified that they're coming, it's that fear. It, yeah, I think it's a natural thing. I think you do. You want to you know what you do daily, but of course, when someone comes in, they're going to see such a small snapshot. Is how do you get that across in yeah. a couple of meetings that you have or a walk round? Mm-hmm. Um, I was confident, but that confidence, like you say, does that call is just like, oh my goodness, now, now what do we do? Um, but I knew the team. I had a good team around me. I knew a good senior leadership team. So 
linking in with that and being supportive so that I knew I could go and get some support if I was anxious, mm. being able to support my team, but being able to support the wider workforce as well because I knew that teachers were going to be there late. So it was just about making sure once I'd got myself ready and the team ready, walking around seeing if anybody else has needed just a little bit of help just to tidy up. Um, schools you try your best to tidy but notoriously <laughs> people leave lots of bits around so of course you want to showcase it in the best way so yeah. it was making sure everybody was okay in that situation and we all left at a relatively decent time because there's no need to be there till 10 o'clock at night because you're just yeah. gonna you could go over Increases and make that anxiety yeah. I suppose isn't it so it's making sure we encouraged staff to take that time and then come in fresh the next morning and almost I'm hearing there a lot around you know preparation is, is about it isn't about you know reinventing the wheel as such it's about leaning into those systems and and getting ahead of the game definitely that is that's the one thing i can suggest is definitely make sure whatever system you're using like we use cpoms but whatever one you're using you've got it's a tool when you're using it you're putting that data in you easily pull it out so as much as you're doing before makes it a quick work when you do get that phone call Mm -hmm. um and having yourself visible as well during the day, because that's the most important thing. It wasn't visible for the Ofsted inspector. It was visible for the other key members of staff that I knew were going in and out because I had my team looking out for me. So I wanted to make sure everyone else had somebody else looking out for them, even as much as my head teacher, because ultimately they carry that responsibility yeah, to their school. So even if it was making a cup of tea or making sure the staff room was full of chocolate that day, we, we did that as a school. And that shared kind of, Almost a bit of camaraderie, isn't it? Definitely. You're all in this together and the prep is just as much you said about pulling through together things that hopefully you've already begin, you know, putting in a folder yeah. or getting to the side so that actually when the call comes, it isn't a case of madly rushing around because it's there. Yeah, it was. And we'd, so obviously we were off studied in the summer term. So yeah. lots of the updates that the Keeping Children Safe I'd given out to staff at the beginning of the academic year. Yeah. So it was just re-going over what I already had. So quite quickly I was able to pull my prep for the September folder back out um, or off my computer and print those fact sheets that we'd been given just so that I know it's always good to have something in front of you mm-hmm. and I knew that staff would have 101 different things going on and ultimately we don't know who Ofsted are going to speak to they could exactly. speak to anybody so I yeah. everybody to have the same information going home that night yeah. and coming back in in the morning so that whole thing around prep being something continual maybe throughout the year that you add to whether having a space a folder a share drive just so as and when that call may happen it's all accessible yeah, definitely that that log for me was really important because I kept logs of all the training that we'd had come in from outside the training that I'd run and um, I was able to I'd got a folder with it or printed that I was able to show what I'd done and run mm-hmm. through the school our training logs to make sure that everybody had had that training it literally was everything that I could get to hand. So I had staff photocopying different things for me. I had staff putting it in the folder for me. But I knew it was there. But it was just that case of taking that breather and thinking, right, this is what I want. Make an action plan and go for it. Um, and one of the first things I did was going to speak to our office staff because ultimately they're the first point of contact. Mm. So it was just making sure that actually they knew how important it was that they were the first point of contact. But reassuring them, actually, the day-to-day things like checking of the DBSs that we do, the sign-in sheets, that we'd literally got everything there and it was ready. Um, and, yeah, just making sure they were confident in that as well and comfortable because I think that's the biggest thing. Often inspectors are human at the end but I think we put this, we have this natural fear around it. Um, so it was just making sure that every element of the team was safe and securing what they were going to be doing. Yeah, and felt at ease with the Definitely. process rather yeah. than anxiety or fear, you know, swooping them up. And then I suppose that's been sometimes silly mistakes are made because people are so worried about, 
getting things right yeah. that that sometimes leans into them becoming wrong and you can miss the simplest of things but yeah it was definitely just using that as a checklist so I worked my way around whoever was going to be spoken to and made sure that they had all the different bits mm. made sure I had my bits sorted and it sort of ticked that off mm. in my head and you've kind of already hit on there Becky about things like obviously Ofsted want to see that Every member of staff has a knowledge about systems, recognising, responding, reporting, all of the five R's we often talk about in training. And I suppose that link to kind of one of their catchphrases, isn't it, about an effective safeguarding culture? Yeah. And that's what we really wanted to showcase, that actually it didn't matter what anybody's role was. Everybody had the same level of training in school. So our middays, our caretaker all came in and sat on the training that we delivered as a team. So everybody understood every single point that we were talking about during safeguarding. But also it was that wider culture. So when the Austin inspectors were walking around the school, they could visibly see that actually this was something we'd really put our time and effort into embedding into the school. Mm-hmm. So we didn't need to do any displays because our displays were up. We'd got yeah. a safeguarding display. We had our leaflets that we make for parents that were in uh, front reception. They were there, but also our leaflets for children. And we'd recently established at the beginning of that year, a, a re-established or reinvented our safeguarding boards in each of the children's classrooms. And that was something that Ofsted picked up. They said, oh, was that something new? I said, it wasn't new, but it was something we'd really put time and effort into making it individual to each classroom. So the children actually did their usual when they come back in in September. They learn about the rights and the wrongs, the rules of the classroom and what's expected of them. But then they also do the NSPCC pants rule throughout the whole school. So from nursery up, obviously we tailor it to the age appropriate. But then they that led into that wider conversation about safeguarding. And the, the boards were, the children's boards. So yeah. if it had posters or pictures of just one element, it was ownership that the class had of that. Yeah. And that, to me, I felt incredibly proud that we'd spent that time doing that because actually that was amazing to hear that feedback that they could see that it was embedded in the different stages throughout the school. And the investment in the children's knowledge as well. Yeah. You know, something that, again, leaked into that whole notion of culture. It isn't just about training and expertise of staff. It's around children learning things like boundaries and who to come and talk to. and that sets a really clear message, doesn't it? Massively. And that's one thing that we also did. We'd also had all of our posters about anti-bullying week and all, all the different topics that we'd covered. We always ran a competition for children. Mm. I think it was something really simple. Like I think we did one at Easter, so it was for an Easter egg that we'd been given um, to make everything child-friendly. Because we could put up our adult, what we can print off the internet, but actually it needed to be something that was relatable for the children. Yeah, and understood by them. Massively. So each year group had a, had a winner. And these were displayed again in the right areas for each year group, but also in the school hall and the main hall where they did PE. So all the communal areas. So it doesn't matter what age the child was, there was something they'd be able to take away and hold on to and know who to go and talk to. Mm. And I suppose, you know, when we think about preparing and gearing up for offset, you know, having these kind of considerations there, making the information accessible and also, you know, applicable to every every school yeah. user, whether that's the children, parents and carers, leaflets you spoke about as well, yeah, display boards in the classrooms for the children themselves, their learning, and obviously your single central record to capture all your staff's yeah. information. We've obviously gone through and we have regular checks through that with our staff governors um, and our, our wider governor team, but it was really useful that actually we'd done, I think it was half term government reports for me from safeguarding which we were able to pull in with our HR manager with everything in because that way I could actually show the patterns and be able to keep on top of it myself so like we said about things going out of your mind when you're having a meeting I took in all of my folders and all my information because that jogged my memory and I was able to showcase it all and lay it on and say here you go this is it please ask me any questions 
Um, and that really, really helps that flow of conversation go with the Ofsted inspector because mm-hmm. she can see everything at a touch of a button on our system and also yeah. what I'd produce for her. Yeah, so just kind of pulling through, I suppose, a few key themes in, in how you described there almost the prep. It's about showcasing what you already do, making the information accessible, yeah. visible, available to all the different school community, parents, carers, children, staff. And then you mentioned there, obviously, the systems we have in school, ensuring that, you know, whether it's an electronic system such as your um, trust use, a CPOMS element, yeah. or even paper files, you know, making sure that our records themselves enable our ability to pull reports and then complement, obviously, the reporting element to evidence things like staff training as well. Exactly. And that's the main thing. Even though we use CPOMS, it was probably very different to another school. So whatever system you're using is make it workable for your school and your yeah. your setting because that really is the biggest tool you can have um, and the biggest time saver as well. And it does take time to develop systems such as CPOMs or My Concerns. Yeah. It really does. But actually putting in that time at the beginning really does that way when you get that phone call as well. Yeah. And like we said about having things visible, we had on the back of our staff toilets and it was um, hot topic, safeguarding hot topic. So there was a question, there was an answer underneath everything. So actually wherever anybody went, there was something very visible and that was something we'd done throughout the academic year and made sure we changed that. So actually there was topics going around, any trends that we'd noticed, mm-hmm. we could put that in hot hot spaces. Which you're reporting yeah. from CPOMs or your records could report, couldn't it? So it's almost that kind of return information you get as well yeah. as a system you input onto. It's something that enables you to kind of think about actually there's a, a pattern, a trend, a risk, which we need to then roll out for that kind of continual maybe ad hoc training for staff yeah and it really does pull that for you and Mm -hmm. that's been the biggest benefit that I could have said in the sort of the last two years really of really embedding that system was that I was able to use that to really progress our staff element of that and also what the children needed as well yeah definitely and that whole thing around you know the DFL feeling in readiness, you know, yeah. leaning into the systems. And for yourself, it sounded like having, you know, the, the physical folder was a real sort yeah. of comfort, the evidence there. So I think, you know, is there's kind of messages around for whatever you need, if you are the DSL in your school, to feel confident yourself. Yeah, it's that tick box. I had an ongoing sort of to-do list, checklist that just kept going. Of course, that changes with every term that you are waiting for us yeah. But it just enabled me to physically see what I was working on such as um, the document for our vulnerable children. I had that, a live document, but I was able to print that. Everything literally went into my folder at that touch of the button yeah. when I got that phone call. So it was like, actually, this is as live as it could be. It was printed yeah. the day before. The working document. Yeah, so just keep it as up to date as you can and take that time that you need to do that because it really is imperative to that outcome. And I imagine it's quite validating, Becky, as well, in terms of actually evidencing maybe the journey you travel, whether that is, you're new to the safeguarding lead role, maybe, you know, you've come in to want to implement some changes, particularly around safeguarding, actually having that tangible way of documenting that journey. I mean, Ofsted love that as well, yeah. don't they? And that's that was another big thing that Ofsted says, actually, at the end of it, we do, we'd all, already been part of the process of doing safeguarding audits to local authority, but we'd got our own um, safeguarding plan for the year. So it sort of outlined different areas where maybe we wanted to adapt, make stronger. So actually that was in there and it was ready for the next academic year. And I was able to say, right, okay, this is an area that although we're good at, I want the next steps to be that we're better at. And that was definitely something that you can use as an ongoing 
yeah role in your dsl to sort of continue and improve yeah and actually i think that's so important to reference isn't it it's like even if you recognize perhaps practice or you know you don't always feel fully ready for things like an Ofsted inspection it's having that time and space to present your intention moving forward massively a plan is always it shows that you're you're acknowledging what's going on Mm. you're aware of it and you're you're prepping to to make that go to the next stage yeah and that continual looking to improve practice for the benefit of the little people exactly and we had lots of little (laughs) yeah gosh a huge trust you worked in Brilliant. So a really nice kind of, I suppose, overview there, isn't there, about lots of lots of things, like tangible things, if you are awaiting inspection, you can do. But I wonder as well, Becky, if it'll be some use to our listeners to just do kind of a very quick step by step what happened at the point of arrival. How did the day itself unfold? Okay, so of course when they arrived they were in the main office, they met with the head teachers afterwards. Um, and then I think through the whole day, I met with them three or four times. Um, one time was the biggest chunk, I suppose, um, and that was to really delve into the evidence that I'd produced. So looking at my CPONs, yeah. looking at some of our case studies, looking at the data. Um, the time before that was just a brief introduction. She wanted to know a little bit about me, my background and what brought me to where I was um, and the journey the school had been on. And the third time when I got called in was really that overview of she'd been out, she'd been into classes, she'd met with some of our pupils, um, she'd been out in the playground, so she'd seen that really whole holistic approach from our pupils. And she fed back on very briefly about some of what the children had said, and it literally was one sentence, and it was, and it stuck with me that she could really see that safeguarding was embedded at every level throughout the school. And I just thought, actually, wow, that's not just come from my brief meetings with her, me producing data, that was from actually her being out there yeah, and that. seeing it. and being part of the the lunchtime which is always chaotic and loud but she was part of that and she could see that the staff genuinely cared there was that response if there was somebody hurt or somebody needed something there was staff visible and we walked around and she could see that actually my face and my team's face was visible everywhere Mm -hmm. it used to be a bit of a running joke that I could see me everywhere and you could (laughs) um but she brought back the little bits like that actually that you think Maybe you could take for granted because it was there and it was done, but actually that's a massive thing being being visible yeah. from the minute she walked through the door. And she spoke about our processes, about visitors coming in, the lanyards. She really drew out on the smaller things that actually, as a DSL, you don't take for granted, but are just in place. Mm. But actually in that process, I sit back and think, actually, yes, we, we are nailing every avenue that we need to be mm. on the smaller stuff as well as the bigger stuff. Um, and then she met with the head teacher and the senior leadership team at the end of the day to give the feedback that she could give. Mm. Um, and very quickly, the next morning, our head brought us in. Obviously, she couldn't go into too much detail, but yeah. she was able to say, well, do you know what, actually, we should be really proud of ourselves. We've done well. Mm. Um, so having that conclusion very quickly helped, I think, yeah. the well, it validates. And it made you sort of sit back and think. And like you said, actually, when I was able to be in with her, that the chunk of the time, it validated everything that I'd done and made me yeah. think, wow, actually, we on, on this journey we've been on in the last couple of years, this is, this is, yeah, this is my gold star moment. We've done this. I feel really proud. And I think so much as inspections, quite rightly so, are about ensuring high continued standards of care for children. It also is really nice to have that moment of validation to be like, actually, we are doing a good job because particularly in such a busy role for such a big school, I imagine the day to day sweeps you up. And yep. there is very little opportunity, you know, particularly with with how stressful sometimes working in the edu- educational sector can be 
to actually step back and take stock and be like, wow, we actually do a lot and, and look how impactful it is. It was, it was, it was a really good, I don't want to call it a reflective tool because Austin is more than that, but actually it is a really good reflective tool because mm-hmm. it allows you to see the areas actually that they're focusing on, they're pinpointing, they're talking about. And then you come away with sort of like actually that validation that we've spoken about and that time to reflect on, okay, now where, now where's the next steps for us and that further improving? Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, you know, could kind of round up our episode today. Um, whether you have any kind of final top tips, recommendations. I know we've kind of looked at things like lean into your systems, being visible, that camaraderie with colleagues. and But anything that kind of you took from that experience, which you think, oh, it'd be really fab, you know, perhaps if I was new to the role or new to the experience, I would find really beneficial. Yeah, I can't stress enough about your systems, making sure that they're tight, they're, they're recording everything you want to record and capture and putting that time in for the little bit. So making sure your prep work is there, you've got your visitor slips, you've got your posters up. It's all those little bits actually are really important mm. for the for, for the Ofsted, but actually for anyone that walks into the school setting yeah. that you're in. Yeah. Um, and having a really good established built team. And if you're new to that post, take any advice, take any support that you can get. And I think as a DSO, you, you do become part of the heart of the school because mm-hmm. not only are you there for the children, you're there for the so, staff. Yeah, so and, important. And I think that was what really shone through, actually having that door open for staff to come in just to take that breather, just to know that actually we're all in this together yeah, was, was the most important thing. And I think that really showcased what we would had done and achieved in the school. And schools are communities in themselves, aren't they? So particularly at times of stress or worry or anxiety, you know, just investing that bit of time into reassuring each other and and feeling proud together, actually, for all you've done. And it really was. It was that team effort. And if it meant just making sure that my team was available throughout the day when we wasn't being spoken to by Offset or doing our day to day, because that's another thing. Don't change your day to day. If things are in that diary, keep them running. We had stay and play going on. We had parents coming in for a catch up in nursery, our wow days. So we had little people and our staff dressed as ladybugs and everything. <laughs> but actually, that made it human. We were human. Yeah. This was what was going on. We wasn't going to change that's that. What they yeah. You know, as you said, it's a snapshot, but it's a realistic school day. It's our genuine school day, and this is what's happening, and this is what goes on, yeah. and you know, we're going to roll with it. And that was the best thing about it. Wonderful. Well, really great conversation. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm sure our listeners will have lots of really tangible, you know, top tips there to take away. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of Safeguarding Voice. For any documentation, guidance or resources referenced in this episode, please see the show notes. And a special thank you to Becky for joining us. This podcast is produced by Education Child Protection and was hosted by me, Carly Danes. Music production by Abby Dowsett. For more information about safeguarding, you can find us on all the social media platforms such as LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And please do listen to more of our episodes that are available in the resources area of our website, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have time, please leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you.